There once was a woman from Sweden. She had a wonderful feeling. She lay in her back, pulled out her phone, and played episode 10 of Watch the Chat. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And we've made it. Episode 10 of What's the Chat with me, Adam Scott Pringle. Who who thought we would have got past episode 1? It wouldn't have just been another one of these podcasts that somebody's got a great idea, do an episode and then never do it again. Not me. We're, we're firing them out left, right and centre. This is episode 10 and we've still got more to come. Thank you everyone who has been listening. And if you haven't been listening, well you're not listening to this. So it's pointless to me saying it. But thank you to everyone who's been listening to more than one in a day. I've seen it in statistics. And I think it's not just my gran listening. I don't actually think she's been listening to this. She is 86 and I don't think she knows what a podcast is. I've, I've explained it a couple of times. But, you know, we, we still make them for the people that like to listen. So, welcome. Thank you. Last week we had a superb guest that we learned a lot more about than I thought we were. Especially about the female anatomy, Jamie Burkett. That was um, a nice little chat about motherhood and preparing to be a mother and what happens to ladies' bodies when you get preggers. Well, we learned a lot last week, didn't we, boys? And maybe even girls, I don't know. There was was a lot of stuff that was said that I didn't realise that were going to be said. This week, it's a little bit different. We have the very talented and busy man, Christopher Bartlett Walford. He's a busy man. He's either with his agency or with his own big podcast that we talk about. And, uh, well, he's just a busy, busy man. So let's get fired straight into this week's episode 10 of What's the Chat with me, Adam Scott Pringle. Knock, knock, who's there? Oh, look, hello and welcome. Before I allow you to come in, we need to get to know you first. So let's have some small chat on the doormat. It's time for small chat on the doormat. Hello, sir at the door. What is your name? Christopher Bartlett Walford. <laughs> Hello, Christopher Bartlett Walford. How are you? I'm very well. Are you interested in this double glazing I have to sell? <laughs> well, I'm not at the moment because I'm still quite warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still quite I, warm. I, I had to put the heating back, on the other day. <laughs> come back in about a month's time and I'll let you know. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And where are you at the moment, Christopher? Uh, down in lovely, sunny Woolwich slash Blackheath slash Eltham, depending on who I'm talking to. <laughs> depending on who you're talking to. Fantastic. I like so that. I, technically, everyone knows it's Woolwich. Technically, we vote in Eltham. And if I want to impress someone, it's Blackheath. Mm. So I live in Blackheath. <laughs> I don't, See, well, it's we, Woolwich. <laughs> we, where I live is, is technically West Beckton, but no one. But then it's next to the XL Centre, which is Prince Regent. But then the nearest main bit is Canning Town. So yeah. when I try and just like, it's just Canning Town. Just say Docklands though. That's Docklands, Docklands. isn't it? Yeah, it is the Docklands. You're literally like about a mile away from where I'm right now, but there's a big river yeah. in between. That's the thing. We river. went to the cable car the other day for the first time with, with my son and had a little walk around the yachts and down to Excel. So I should have waved. You should have. Should have waved. I cup of tea have, next time. Have... Yeah, I'll, yeah, drop in. <laughs> we saw this and... Sainsbury's van just cascading through the ponds. <laughs> I know. You. I had Cascada blasting out the windows. Yes. <laughs> That's what gets me through the day. <laughs> and uh, what do you do for a living, Christopher? I work in the, I must say, absolutely wonderful world at the moment of entertainment. So I work as a singer and also as a theatrical agent. Fantastic. And and, it, and you, you're a busy week just just coming up, haven't you? Well, you know, launching... It's always a, a busy week. Relaunching an agency as well as having a... a, a crazy energetic toddler is wonderful at the moment he smiles through gritted tears uh tea <laughs> great man yeah yeah so you you've had an exciting time like uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more in a bit but you've been a, from what i've seen i know we know each other a little bit but uh, from what i've seen from afar from the social media side of things you're a busy man you you've got a lot a lot happening yeah, you know, you got to keep yourself busy. I think since all of this, I like to refer to it as all of this, started happening in March, I haven't sung a note. I've got absolutely no passion to sing at the moment. Um, it makes me rather sad 
So uh, let's keep it light. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I just kind of where where other things were dying down and where other things were calming down, I've decided to put all of my energies and efforts into uh, taking over the agency I worked for and now giving all my all to clients and their future careers and learning from the experiences that I had when I was a performer. So yeah, love it. Love to hear that. Love it's positive, that. isn't it? It's good. Of course it is. Of course it is, and that's why this next question is a great little turn, turn, turning of the tables. Uh-oh. Okay, Chris, what is something that everyone looks stupid doing? That everyone looks stupid doing? Maybe even including yourself. Oh, getting out of a car. Mm. You can't get out of a car gracefully. Yeah, ever since um, driving these vans for uh, Sainsbury's, other supermarkets are available. <laughs> um, yeah, getting out of vans and then having remembering how to get in the door or out the door the little step locking it that's the thing you need to make sure you lock it especially <laughs> some some of the areas in least east london Just make sure you lock that door <laughs> i once i was i was in covent garden doing some like flyering work back in the day and then i remember walking up where the bella italia and the steak and co is on the corner opposite the, the garrick i think it is um there were these two little boys and I say little boys because they can't have been older than about 10. <laughs> it's just there was a guy clearly lifting some stuff off to a corner shop that had ordered it, ordered it. And they lifted two. I don't know how they picked it up. Two massive crates of Stella and ran off with a glee in their eyes because he just left the doors open in central London. And he came back and Mad. stood there and just kind of went, not again. <laughs> <laughs> it, if it's it, happened before, it, happens. it really does happen. More than you would know. And, so and is even, that why you're sat behind 54 crates of Stella? Is that what? Yeah, that's my life. <laughs> it was <moment>. you. <laughs> it's, yeah, Stella. Sorry, I've got guys, a little it side, again. A little side business. I keep saying, every, since I started this job, I'm like, oh, these somebody somebody opened the back door again and took all the Stella. <laughs> all the Stella. Yes, the card I- was declined, but it, 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 they've taken it all. Adam, we don't want to uh, stereotype you, but all of the iron brew does keep going missing. Could you explain? Well, there's a shortage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one can for everyone. But yeah, busy week, you know. Here's another question for you. What part of a kid's movie completely scared you? Oh, I don't know necessarily about movie. I always cried at E.T. when I was a kid. Yeah. But I think that was knowing what Drew Barrymore's career would become. <laughs> I, uh, I love Drew Barrymore. No, I always, I always, I always cried at ET. I think it was just the color scheme. It's quite dark, isn't it? Mm. If you look back and watch ET, it's a masterpiece. Before he started fiddling with it, and it looks like someone's drawn over it with a crayon at times. Mm. It's it's beautiful. It's still one of it's, it holds up. It's one of those classic films. But it's really scary, especially when he's hiding in the cupboard as well. You know, everyone had that kind of monster in the cupboard kind of thing when they were a kid. But when I when I was a kid, something that really terrified me was the Goosebump books. There was one, I oh, can't yeah. remember what it was, but there was one particular book that of the series that scared me. And when they made it into a film a few years ago, I just, I remember that going, if I, if I was a kid and this was now, I, w- mm. I would not go and see that if my life depended on it. Not because I thought it was scary or anything, because my head would go blimp. But it might be that. But it might be that. But yeah, I think it, it, in general, E.T. was the thing that scared me when I was a kid. Do you remember? Did you watch Goosebumps, the TV program? I, I mean, I must have. I lived and breathed Those that were series. terrifying. I remember there was, they were on at, what, like five o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, tea time. And some of this, like, really terrifying, some of those, like, especially because the way they were so well written. And, and to be fair to, to BBC, I think it was. They they did yeah, a very so. good job making it into TV. I was used to be terrified. As a, no, not terrified, but I was like, it gave me a buzz. I used to love yeah. horror films. Thanks to love them. If if we're talking about like tea time kids TV that scared me, two words for you, demon headmaster. Oh, he he was a lad. Now that I think about it, he was a <laughs> lad. He te- they remade it or they're remaking it, but that he was, they could not have cast that more perfectly it was just mm. wonderfully made looking back on it because it was terrifying yeah 
absolutely terrifying. Same way that when you were as, when you were a kid, everybody fancied the girl from the Queen's Nose. Oh yeah. See, you had a minute to think about it. I Not forgot. now. I forgot about Not that. Now. Not now. Queen's now. <laughs> Queen's Nose and Sabrina. Melissa oh, Sabrina. Not, not the new one, though. No, Melissa Joan Hart. Well, it, technically for me, it was when she was Clarissa. That's it. Clarissa was my my jam. Oh, Clarissa. <laughs> but yeah, like looking looking back on it, like Sabrina was one of the first kind of sitcoms, really, that we were introduced to as kids. I mean, I'm older than you mm. are, but Sabrina was a, you know, it had a laughter track on it or a studio audience, not sure which one it was, but it was, you know, it's set character set in one house it was a proper yeah. sitcom even though it was for kids not that that was scary at all although a cat talking is scary now i just talk to my cat and no one bats an eyelid <laughs> <laughs> yeah man what about you what was this what was the thing that made you kind of squeamish from the cinema um i do, well i you, you loved horror films i remember um, when I was 10 years old, I got for Christmas one of those the old school box TVs with the, the VHS um, yeah. slots. And Christmas night, I watched the tape that I got with it, which was The Grinch. And then everyone went to bed and I plugged in the little aerial that came with it, tuned it to BBC Two, and Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead came on at oh, like flipping it. Mid, at midnight. <laughs> and I sat up and watched it. <laughs> And I had this weird thing of loving it, but also could not go to sleep because I'd never seen anything like it. And I was 10 years old and was like, this is great, but like, what is this? Other than the normal TV and kids programs you watch, like My Parents Are Aliens or whatever. This yeah. Is, <laughs> oh, what people... a show. Another great, another great what show. What a show. Honestly, but, if you start a conversation about kids TV with me, I this will be a four-hour podcast. I I love kids TV. I'm sure there's already a podcast about kids t- reminiscing oh, about kids TV. Many, maybe that's many. What <laughs> that's what the world my, needs. My first ever job was in kids TV, and it was a voiceover for a cartoon. That the audition for it was in a car with a guy. Now that's not as dodgy as it sounds. <laughs> it literally he played the thing. He played the the song on a cassette yes listeners i'm that old uh and he played it back and i listened to it and did it back from a couple of times and then we were in the recording studio the next week recording it to go out the next day on nickelodeon in america and that was my first experience of email because i couldn't wow. ever remember I, I couldn't ever work out how i was like well how is it going to get to america how does my <laughs> voice get to america and it was like well, we just upload the file and, and we send the file through email i was like what's email old little little bw down in panarth in wales going oh my kids go- my voice is going into a computer and i bet you <laughs> was- the email probably took about Four 16 weeks. hours yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to get there i missed the show it was just blank mouth movement on the cartoon it was a cartoon called three friends and jerry which if you look it up on youtube is absolutely bonkers and certainly would would have issues these days let's say Really? Due to some of the character design, yes. <laughs> okay, is... I'm sure, uh, do you know what, I will do that uh, straight after this. Honestly, I, questionable, I think would be the best. It didn't portray the British in the best visual light. Yeah. And it's, it's choices of animation on some of the characters would be frowned upon now correctly, I will say. I had okay. nothing to do with that. I was just a little boy tramp, I think I was. Great, I'm not sure every, everyone listening to this was definitely going to look this up. Great. Okay, man. What is the funniest joke you know by heart? Oh, now, see, bear in mind I'm a writer for shows and, and write scripts for pantos and comedies and stuff. This is a terrible thing to ask me, Adam, and you know it. I know I it is, but uh, what's the best one? Like, give me a one-liner. I, the first joke I ever learned was, what did the traffic light say to the car? What? Don't look now, I'm changing. <laughs> Never heard that one. Great. I really like it because it's simple. It's really simple. There was another thing that I saw the other day, which I actually really liked. I can't really do it now. It's it's, it's not a, an audio joke, but it's basically you get someone in the audience to say, uh, it's Adam. so Adam, ask me, what is the secret of stand-up comedy? Uh, 
I'm going to get you to ask me three times. So first time. What is the secret of stand-up comedy? Delivery! And again. <laughs> what is the secret of stand-up comedy? Delivery! And again. What is the secret of stand-up comedy? Timing. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. <laughs> I thought it was good. It works much better if you're on a microphone in a club. But I like that. But I think that the, the traffic light one was my foot. The first joke I ever learned. It's so, it's so funny, isn't it? Like you you can't it, when you're asked to tell a joke. I can never remember jokes. No, not at all. <laughs> I just not at all. That's why I kind of asked, I asked this question just because to see if somebody knows one or has one in their back pocket. I have thought of one which I do like actually. So there were these two pieces of road. This is a famous joke. There were these two pieces of road walk into a bar, and they walk up to the bar. And the barman can hear them chatting. And the one piece of road goes, do you know what? I am the toughest piece of road on this planet. And the other bit goes, why? Why are you the toughest piece of road? He goes, I am the M25. Do you know how many cars go around me every day? Do you know how much weight goes across me every day? I circle London, the capital of the country. I am the hardest piece of road in the UK. The other piece of road goes to him, no, 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 no. I'm the hardest piece of road in the UK. I'm the M1. I go from south to north. I go the length of the country. I am the hardest piece of road in the UK. Sit and have their drink. In walks a third piece of road, slightly reddish in colour. The two pieces of road at the bar dive under the bar and tremble with fear. The red piece of road walks up to the bar, necks a pint, walks back out again. The two pieces of road come from under the bar, shaking. The barman goes, what's, what's, what's going on? You said you're the toughest piece of road. You said you're the toughest piece of road. Why are you scared of that guy? I went, yeah, we, we may be tough pieces of road, but he's a bit of a psychopath. <laughs> Great. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> Another classic. I didn't write, I had no idea where I heard that first, but I love that one. Great. Doesn't offend anyone apart from psychopaths, so we're okay. Well, other than jokes then, what is the most ridiculous fact you know? It's not necessarily a fact, but I... So, obviously, having a son and tasting his food to make sure it's warm enough and, and okay, I didn't... It's quite bland sometimes, and it's not very tasty. I thought it was because they couldn't handle it. But it's actually because I think... I think I'm right in saying this. Babies have too many taste buds. So, too much flavour in food will just send them into overdrive. Really? Yeah, I... I, I this might well be wrong, so please don't fact check me on this. <laughs> so but I, no, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to, I'm going to fact check myself because if this isn't right, I've been telling many people about this. <laughs> A whole load of parents make sure you try everything that they eat. Yeah, they do. They, they do. It's, it's the thing about babies not having taste buds, and that's why it doesn't taste very much. It's the other way around. They're really super sensitive to it, and if anything, they've got more than you think, so it's a bit crazy. But I, I, I may have been completely wrong about that. That's a great fact, especially for some um, parents. Well, to it be might not be a fact now. That. That's the problem. <laughs> it might be absolute well, let's, tosh. Let's see. It is. The world yes. is full of fake news. <laughs> it's, hey, come on! I'm not that far. <laughs> okay, a few more questions for this section. If you were a wrestler, what would your intro music be? Mate, you are talking to a huge wrestling fan here. This I is know. very much my bag. Right now. I've got to put context to this. Are you talking re- an already wrestling theme or are you talking uh, any piece of music? You get to choose. You're the, you, it's you. It's got to be some ACDC then. Great. Which one though? Because the thing is, when it comes to wrestling themes, often it would just represent your character and you know, you've got excellent wrestler. I'm going to get wrestling geeky on you guys here. So if you're not a wrestler fan, deal with it. Like I love Finn Balor's theme tune because it's a piece of music it's atmospheric if he comes out as the demon it's brilliant you've got the like it's really heavy the audience can get involved when he does some movements i really like that i love a good kind of twangy guitar riff as well like the undisputed era down in nxt that's really good and it just gets you going at the same time i quite like something that's a bit poppy i quite like bailey's old theme tune because it's a really in fact i use that a lot in pantos that i write and produce i use i like to use wrestler theme tune music as goodies and baddies entrance music 
And I always will use The Undertaker's music as the villain's entrance because it's brilliant. But yeah, I think it's got it's just in in general, the ACDC sound, I think, would be a good uh, I think Back in Black's quite good. I think Thunderstruck's really good as well for a good entry. In fact, Thunderstruck's a very good entrance theme because mm-hmm. it's something to get the audience hyped and then you don't come in straight away. You only come in when the voices come. It's great. So yeah, let's go with Thunderstruck. Do you know what? You're the second person that said that. Really? Yeah. Second really? person. It's a good one. It's a it good one. It's a very good one. Okay, last two questions. What movie would be greatly improved if it was made into a musical? <sighs> this is why we're friends. This is why we're friends. <sighs> see, I I genuinely would love to see something like Kick-Ass be oh. made into a musical. Something that's already quite hyperactive, quite stylized. I think Edgar Wright would make a brilliant musical as a director. But I... <sighs> I like animated movies and a lot obviously a lot of those are musicals but there's a movie that I absolutely adore which is called Mary and Max and it's quite an oddball claymation film Philip Seymour Hoffman provided the voice for one of the characters I believe and it's about this I I think it's a true story and it's completely it's it's a very odd film it it's not a hugely known film but it's it's beautiful and it's about a little girl who writes a letter that se- that lands in this guy's mail for some reason. And I'd like to see something like that as a musical. Very mm. deep, very emotional, but it's got a wonderful story going through it about how they eventually were close to meeting and, and stayed in touch throughout adulthood. It was, I'd like to see something like that. If you haven't seen Mary and Max, definitely go and watch it. It's Lovely. good. And what yeah, kind of music would it be? Um, Very kind of melancholic. Like a soundscape? Uh, yeah, it wouldn't be a jukebox musical, I know that. <laughs> it would be it would be a little folky, it would be a little reflective. Like a Imagine like, the last five years but between an old man and a little girl who wanted to be friends but lived the other side of the world. And the old man plays a guitar and that's it? Well he's quite introspective so he'd be quite monotonal and lots of speech mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I just think it would be very interesting to hear some a, a film such as that into a musical as opposed to like an all singing all dancing kind of thing. I think it'd be I think there's a lot of scope for musicals like that to to exist that don't already. Okay, last question of the section. In 40 years what will people be nostalgic for? Coronavirus. <laughs> uh... Nostalgic? Yeah, because we'll all be already dead by then, so it's fine. That's a, that's a nice that's a nice outlook. No, okay. I think it will be instead of I think in forty years people will be nostalgic for fast food because it will be banned. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't yeah. be surprised. As I take a sip on a full fat Coca Cola, and I'm drinking full aspartum Iron Brew Extra. Yep. Yum yum yum. <laughs> Lovely, great. Well, that was small chat in the doormat. Next section of the podcast is Chatterbox. Chatterbox. This is where you, my friend, get to vent about whatever you would like. What is your vent? Now, I know there's many people who are going to disagree with me. But I know there are other brothers and sisters out there who are very much part of my family with this. When I say bananas are the worst food in the world. Oh, controversial. They are the most vile, smelly, disgusting, (laughs) vomit-inducing, horribly textured, stringy, leathery-skinned idiots that I have ever met in my life. And have you always had this feeling towards bananas? I used to love them. I used to eat banana sandwiches with cheap white bread and sugar, and that was a lovely snack. And now... I, honestly, I, when I have to feed my son a banana, I I nearly throw up all over him every single time. Is it is I, it is this since you've had? Is this since you've had a child? No, 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 God, I've had this feeling for nearly twenty years. Oh, it no. is. They are the worst food in the world. I'm genuinely feeling nauseous talking about them, and that's not an excuse or an over exaggeration. I feel sick oh, that's, now. 
Oh, I love bananas. I'm sorry to, to the, say. To borderline, I've lived with it as a phobia for the last kind of 15 years. I cannot go near them. Wow. No, I didn't see that one coming, if I'm honest. Didn't no. see that one coming. It's disgusting. <laughs> they are the worst. And I cannot believe people that like them. Also, also, a side note to this, being dairy intolerant and lactose intolerant, I can't eat ice cream or drink smoothies, for instance, of certain varieties, because a lot of them have yogurts in, obviously ice cream's milk. Substituting dairy for banana <laughs> is not the way. That is not the way to make things creamy. Have you heard of coconut milk? Have you heard of soy milk? Oat milk's very nice. Almond milk's also very nice. Don't just put banana in something when you want to make a cheap, quick ice cream. Ugh, I can't. Absolutely the worst. The weird thing about this conversation is now I want to go make a banana smoothie. <laughs> grim, absolutely grim. They're the worst. Well, the worst food. That's it. In fact, a, I would a... go as far as to say bananas are the worst person. The worst person. Yeah. Do you think bananas started coronavirus? <laughs> no, but they might as well have. <laughs> well, that that's I think that's my favourite chatterbox so far because it's completely out of nowhere. <laughs> You you gave me my soapbox and I took it. All right. Great. I just hate them. I hate them so much. Fantastic. Okay, next section of the podcast. Chat in the hat. <laughs> it's time for some chat in the hat. Swiftly on from bananas. Okay, well this is a this is sent in from listeners and I just pick what I think is a good one, so I'm very excited for your answer to this. Uh-oh. Toilet paper, over or under? Is that Listen, all so, the question? So that's all I'm... the question. So I'm taking from this how you put your toilet paper on the holder, not yeah. how, how <laughs> you wipe. <laughs> well, uh, over. It's over. You need easy access to it. Yeah. Over. So you have. So you have the roll, and you have the the sheet hanging like Towards the side you. closest to you. Yeah. Because then if it's not, it'll get caught on the wall. See, I've always thought this until recently because cause I live in a, a house share. Some people put it on differently. So every time I sit down, sometimes, that's the other way around. And I'm like, okay, let's try this. And there's, it's like a little treat sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's like a little challenge. <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> there's something I understand why people do it. I don't 100% agree with it because I'm used to over. But the See, under method, where it's close to the wall, and it's just like a little... It means that there's a, you can actually nearly use the wall as, as a little bit of pressure to tear. <laughs> See, look, <laughs> even that extra few inches reaching for it can be a problem when one is uh, toilet-bound. Especially somebody like myself living with stomach issues and IBS and you know problems within the intestinal area you need toilet paper you need it now i don't be going that extra couple of inches to skag it on the wall all right that's a bad phrase considering okay i get toilet. you but <laughs> i yeah. get you because sometimes those scenarios you need to take it off it you need to take it off the yeah. wall and it's in your hand sometimes it's just easier to wrap a towel around your fist i'm just saying so it's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well just to person, mop it up no. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I've got I'm, a baby. I'm glad someone said that. I'm used that to in. I'm used to messes. <laughs> baby messes. Oh, Great. Dear. That was his name. <laughs> well, that was chat in the hat. Thanks for that question, listener. Okay. Next section of the podcast is news chat. This is news chat. This is where I. Uh, Google random silly things in the news this week and little facts that I've uh, Googled this week as well. And we just see what happens. I love it. So this week in Cheshire, right? No, not, in, not in Cheshire at all. Let's start that again. Rats <laughs> the size of Cheshire cats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's not... <laughs> that's not in Cheshire. I don't, where, where's the term Cheshire cats come from? From Cheshire? Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yeah, so it is. There you go. See, didn't even so think rat, that. Rat, like, imaginary rats. That's what <laughs> so rats the size of Cheshire cats are wreaking havoc on a residential street over in Southern Sunderland. Reports, oh, completely the other side of the country then. They could, they could not anywhere near Cheshire. <laughs> not Cheshire at all. 
Reports state that the rodents have appeared in drives as a result of a sewage problem, giving them access to Donison Street via the drains. <laughs> <laughs> so they've, they've been making the most of their time overground, racing around clotheslines, jumping out from under sofas and running wild in groups of up to 30. <laughs> jumping out from under sofas? And groups in, of 30, in, I think inside. is the most here. Yeah. So people, think... it even gives you the street name in Sund- Sunderland here, Donison Street. <laughs> um, <laughs> people have Cheshire-sized, Cheshire cat-sized rats running out of the sofas. Are, are they? Are they not? Are they not? Maybe just confusing rats for cats. This lockdown's been heavy for everybody. If they've maybe been stuck inside having a drink or three or four. They're actually cats. They're not rats. Maybe that's what the real story is. And it's just one and lady who has 30 cats that have said there's a large group of rats. No one said it was in more than one house. Okay. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe she's just had a few too many sherries and has just watched Ratatouille when she's absolutely plastered and she's got really scared. Because <laughs> the squirrel's similar to a rat, isn't it? Realistically, we just like them because they've got fluffier tail. If a rat had a fluffy tail like a squirrel, would you hate the rat as much? No, rats, rats' tails are rats' tails and the chunky little things like yeah. But it, a squirrel without the fluff on it, the tail's the same, isn't it? Squirrels are quite nice, so rats are arseholes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> if you tell them they are, they are. <laughs> that's that's the generic. Rats are arseholes. If you if you've got a rat infestation and you leave it to where there's thirty of them coming out from under your sofa, that's like sort the problem maybe out before the then. Issue. Yeah, maybe you've got the issue. Maybe you're well, the infestation to the rat's house. Just could saying. Be. Just saying. Could be. Okay, well that was a little bit of news. And the second thing that I found out this week: you're a married man. I am. How long have you been married? Where are we now? September. Like nearly we're coming up to three years. Fantastic. So, did you know in the 16th century? Turkish women could initiate a divorce if their husbands didn't pour coffee for them. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. So when uh, coffee is an integral part of Turkish society, so oh. much so that it was grounds for divorce back in the 16th century. Grounds. Lovely bit of business there. I know. Lovely bit of business. That's the kind of humour that I've come to expect <laughs> from you, Adam. <laughs> because you just glazed over it there. You didn't... You didn't... Like so, so you didn't even delivery. give me a knowing look, but you knew it was there. You knew it was I there. I knew it was there in quotation marks. <laughs> oh, it says no one knows why exactly this was acceptable, but the fact remains that it was. <laughs> so someone, somebody once somebody went on <laughs> what century was it again? Sixteenth. So in the sixteenth century version of Jeremy Kyle, a Turkish lady went on and went charged. So Mr Mr. Jeremy Kyle Turkey when I'm not going to do an accent when um, why do you want to leave him uh, and she just went oh I think on the spot here didn't make me a coffee and everyone <laughs> went oh yeah that is unbelievable, that is unbelievable. <laughs> and everyone just jumped in the bandwagon yeah and history was born <laughs> and then the program after the Turkish Jeremy Kyle was t- Turkish loose women and they all sat there and it was like we need to get this <laughs> this needs to be <laughs> sorted I'm div- I've divorced three husbands now, each one because he didn't make me coffee. If you're not buying coffee, though, that's the problem. That's why he can't make you a coffee. If you haven't put it on the shopping list. If you tell him you like tea, that's an easy out. You go, well, you didn't make me a coffee. What? What? Oh, I could talk about coffee all day. Okay. Oh, well, right. that was News Chat. Last section of the podcast, Chat and right. Ball. Let's play Chat and Ball. This is where we ask each other's questions. So, my friend, I will let you ask the first question. Right. So, obviously, television looks different at the moment. I don't mean, like, actually looks different. But there's been a lot of downtime in the TV world. Mm. So, put on your commissioner's hat for me, Mr. Adam ITV Pringle. If you were to make a reality TV show in the form of I'm a Celebrity or Love Island or anything like that, what would it be and why? Oh, <laughs> Um, okay, this is a good one, and I think it's going to be a combination. Yeah, it's going to be a combination. Now, I I've said it a few times, but I I'm not a huge fan of reality TV. But the reality TV I do like is things, 
it's terrible to say things like can't pay we'll take it away or <laughs> rogue traders or oh, rogue traders what a such, program that is such a good program so it's something like let's let's take the idea of like <laughs> the the guys that come to the door to, to either kick you out or take 10 grand off of some company right let's play games right so let's let's say Ant and Dec turn up to somebody's house they owe five grand in rent let's say they could either they either need to pay that five grand or they can play like some some trials like some some like uh like bush sticker trials but like some like i don't know <laughs> in london wherever they stay and they, they could eat a cheshire cat size rat that's it <laughs> <laughs> or they have yeah they have to go like they have to live with it for a night they have to live with them 30 of them for a night and they oh, don't have fine, to pay that five thousand pounds or they I, have to pay, if they lose they have to pay it i if i could not pay my rent but live with 30 rats for a night i'd be fine with that yeah. i would in fact i would say double it and i'll go for a longer period without rent yeah i think that's see I, i'm going to pitch that i think that'd be a great idea like yeah could you imagine Somebody... So you, so you're saying in in the time of the pandemic, <laughs> where all of us are really struggling to pay our rents, we've come up with a novel idea. It can be sponsored by Rent a Kill. <laughs> let's say that we can we can then commission, <laughs> we can commission an a prime time ITV reality show where instead of paying our rents, we can all do London Bush Tucker trials. That's it. Or wherever, where it doesn't need to be in London, but I can imagine that there'll be some areas of London have some really good. Oh, could you imagine it like? Eat um, this kebab that's been on the floor for five years. Yeah, an elephant in castle. Like, and you get a free month. That's it. What would you it be o- called though? You've got two years worth of um, electricity and gas from British Gas not paid. <laughs> you could get, you could get that all paid for, if you eat. These five different items that have been found on the floor in Oxford Circus, Tube Station, <laughs> Piccadilly Circus. And that's it. All uh, paid for. I mean, you could go around all of the Leicester Square bars and put whatever was in the bottom of each of the glasses after a oh. Saturday night and put it in a bucket and say, if you drink all of this by seven o'clock in the morning, here's free Sky Plus for a year. That's a bit later, but yeah. Go on, hit me with one. Go on. What would be the worst thing for the government to make illegal? <sighs> now I'm going to put my... I'm going back in my soapbox again. Not because I think it shouldn't be illegal. I, I am a fierce non-smoker. Mm-hmm. But I think making cigarettes illegal would probably be one of the worst things they could do because of the revolt. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. I think whilst I completely agree with it, it is a that they shouldn't be legal. And I despise smoking with every part of my being. I have never ever smoked a single breath. I I just couldn't do it. Hmm. I'm a singer. Why would I? Why would I? I think it's. I think that would be a, a a bad thing. I think the smoking ban in public spaces. People have still. People still don't get it, even though it's been there for what a long time now Mm -hmm. but i think that would be one of the worst things they could do because it's i think it would cause too much uproar and it would then puts tobacco on the black market even more than it already is and yeah something like that well i didn't know until it's not very entertaining i know but (laughs) no but i didn't know until recently that they banned menthol in the uk it's only very recently yeah only very recently yeah but that's what i mean it's it's it and a lot of people smoked menthol Mm. I mean, every cigarette that you see on stage was a menthol for a long time. But uh, yeah, you I, I remember you could sometimes smell it from front row. Yeah, Ugh. if you had to be on because again, not being a smoker, I've never but I've never done a role where smoking was a thing, and I don't I don't think I could because I I wouldn't know how to I wouldn't know how to act smoking. I wouldn't mm. know how to my like I just I don't know what happens because it's just horrible. But I think it would be I think it would cause two many problems and too many people would then find cigarettes the wrong way and it would cause too many health problems much in the same vein that vaping is unrestricted at the moment there needs to be a bit more tight i think there maybe needs to be a bit more tightness on 
how certain vaping and e-cigarette products are made because of the whole them exploding in people's faces and what's actually in them there's a thing that so i follow a a, a wonderful it's a slight side note a wonderful youtube channel called sorted food and an incredibly fun yet informative youtube channel about an, an incredible food club um celebrating food all around the world and they did a thing a little while ago where they they review um amazing food innovation products and like kitchen gadgets and things and they had this one thing which basically they found online it's like a ring that you put over the top of a certain water bottle and it gives you the vapor of something and it's so you put tap water in the bottle you drink the tap water but as you drink the tap water you also breathe in the vapor of whatever the ring is made of and you taste because taste is mostly smell Mm -hmm. whatever that scent is so i wonder if there's some Mm. something behind the science of that where you could literally just be breathing air with a little filter of just scent and even the, it was maybe it was the action i know it's the nicotine that people rely on and again it's i don't know enough about smoking as it were but maybe there's something in that and that maybe that's more useful and if that kind of product was adapted into a, a more e-cigarette kind of thing to be a bit healthier than vaping but this i don't know that it's it just it worries it, my anxiety goes to the roof when i see people vaping it's certainly with a pen that i you know it's not a brand or something because who knows what's in them that ring idea does, uh, on the other hand, does sound exciting, but then also terrifying in terms of if Jamie Oliver g- gets his way and bans all sugary drinks, then that could be the ne- the new way. Imagine if I it, Coke and Iron Brew rings that you put around water. I'd, I'd be fine with that because I could still taste the Coke, but I wouldn't oh, be taking no. on any of the calories. Jamie Oliver, Jamie Oliver has already ruined Iron Brew. <laughs> <laughs> the Turkey hey, Twizzlers are making a comeback, though. I know, but it's not iron brew. They lowered the sugar. <laughs> my, the rare occasion I have a hangover now, they, my, they're not the same. No. As a fellow non-English, I may not sound it, but I am Welsh through and through. I've, I've never really had an accent. When you're watching sport, and when you're watching certainly international sport, mm-hmm. yourself and myself, and, and mainly I'm talking about football here, but I am talking about all sports. We're not blessed with countries that have had huge success in the global sporting competitions. Mm -hmm. So if your team, Scotland, and in my case, Wales, are not qualified or going any further in a specific competition, what is the team that you back and why? So the old adage of anyone but England. But if, if, for instance, if Wales aren't qualified or when Wales don't qualify for the World Cup, I always cheer for the United States of America. Ah, uh, well, it's always my favorite. Well, my my sport and go to is rugby. So every yeah. year when the Six Nations is on, obviously Scotland. But then when I'm watching um, other teams, it kind of it it all depends. And and it has changed over the years. Like it used to be just Ireland. I was like, if it's not Scotland, it's Ireland because Celtic Kel- connection. Yeah, us Celts are sticking together. But then over the years, it, when I, you get older, you were like, oh, New Zealand. New Zealand is the best fucking team in the world. And you're like, oh, go on. And you watch the hack, and you get all ramped up. And you're like, oh, I know Scotland are playing New Zealand today, but it's going to be a great game. Um, but then saying that, when the last World Cup. I worked for um, Budweiser on a boat that went up and down the Thames. And I really got on England's side. I mean, what? I know. I know. I mean, my other half, she's English and and I love her dearly. But and and I think my da- even my dad, even my dad, I, I said to him, I was like, I- I'm, I'm really cheering, <laughs> cheering on England because I'd watched every game. For the first, I think this is the first World Cup I'd literally, I nearly watched. Well, obviously some of them at the same time, but um, I'd watched nearly every game, and I was like, England are doing well, man, and I was like, come on, and like getting really involved. So that may never happen again. Saying that, I'm now going on another tangent. Wales, Wales are such a good rugby team. It's very difficult, and I think as a Welshman, the Welsh versus english thing is so much stronger than it is for any other country 
I just I, it, I just because I've lived it so long. I when I was a teenager, I had so many friends in in England. Like you just get ribbed when you're a Welsh, certainly as a football fan, because every time we play England, we always lose. So why wouldn't I celebrate the team that always beat us, being beaten by someone else? So I don't know. If it was football, I'd always I love American sports, so I mm. love it when our sports. I say our in very loose terms. I love it when America does well in sports that they shouldn't do on paper shouldn't do very well in like rugby yeah. like football so that's why and i love watching the usa women's team they're superb i love i love the women's world cup i love the women's euros but i always cheer on i always support if wales aren't playing uh america in the men's but definitely america in the women's world cup hmm. so maybe yeah i don't know i, I but i'm it, it is very much the case of us celts sticking together isn't it that's it and then when andy murray <laughs> wins he's scottish and when he loses he's british Oh, <laughs> as long as he knows as long as he knows yeah okay what is the best and worst job you've ever had now that could be anything from <sighs> from doesn't need any, to be a any job, job. Okay. yeah so best job I ever had I worked for Odeon for nearly six years and it was amazing and I loved it and I loved every single piece of menial work that that did being a performer and being an actor and, and at the time I was learning to be a writer and, and then became one. I lived and breathed cinema and mm. whether it was uh, selling tickets at the box office and guiding people to what film they might want to watch and, and talking to them about what they liked and then advising them on what's good or what's coming out. I love that. Whether it's chatting to people excited to go and see the latest Twilight film while they get the <laughs> Ben and Jerry's. I love doing that. Whether it's watching people's reactions as they watch I don't know, the Paranormal Activity film for the first time and watching a packed out cinema in Greenwich. I loved every single thing about that job and I would go back to work for Odeon in a heartbeat. It's fantastic. It's my favourite job I've ever, ever had. Great. It's brilliant. The worst job? <sighs> hey, I, okay, I'm very lucky the fact that I had a job during the pandemic. I was very lucky to get a Tesco st- shelf stacking night shift job, but I have never been treated like less of a person than I have during uh, my three months at Tesco. Really? Yes. The, yes. I, I, I Again, I'll keep it light, but let's just say when a manager doesn't know your name after three months, mm. it's not, it's not a great feeling. You're not, you don't, really, you don't feel like a person. And I, 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 I'm fully aware it's only the venue that I worked in because other friends and other colleagues have had, incredible experiences at supermarkets during the uh, uh the pandemic so yeah but uh, genuinely one of the worst three months of my life so that was fun but it's over now <sighs> well you know, the pandemic's not <laughs> not the pandemic's <laughs> not but there was <laughs> that job is yeah it was quite I, I would have i would have been happy for the air conditioning and working in the freezer department during the hot heat wave i will say that i do i'm sad that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get a uniform. I didn't even get a uniform in three months of working there. No. But the day after they let us go from our contracts, I got my employee discount club card. So that was a kick in the teeth. Saying that, uh, my uniform at the moment is um, an extra large top um, and extra and, and small pair of trousers. <laughs> so it's all <laughs> swings and roundabouts. I keep asking. I'm like, any chance to get new uniform? Oh, we're getting some in. Okay, thanks. You got a van? I got a van. That's the thing. You got a I van. Could, I could put on the radio when when the van's Bluetooth works. I can put on my podcasts. It's great. <laughs> just your podcast, just the one that you I just, do. That's that's where all my lessons yeah. are. It's just me listening <laughs> to myself. I look at I look at that when I look at the stats for mine. I'm like, oh, two people have listened to. It. Oh, I I I listen to it in the car with Jess. Oh, okay. I press play to make sure it sounded okay. <laughs> yeah, I, that's my uh, yeah exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll upload I'll upload it so I stay up and I edit the week's episode the night before it goes out uh, and I'll upload it between maybe two and three o'clock in the morning and I'll go to sleep and I'll press play on it listen and then I get up in the morning and go oh it's had a play already <laughs> something's up really early it's me it's, I'm the one who's listened to it <laughs> I might have thousands of people who listen to it but one of those is me and it's always the same thing the first one like, oh so I was listening to it already no it's you you've listened to it already <laughs> love that your last question what is your favorite conspiracy theory that doesn't exist brackets or does it oh conspiracy theory um it doesn't exist so the fate the favorite one that you've never heard do you know what i i would really 
love if the what I heard it once or twice, and I'd really love if it was true. Is Elvis Presley still alive? Oh he, yes, yes, yes. And he faked his death, and he's just literally chilling out in the middle of nowhere somewhere, and having How, probably the best life. Probably just not ca- have a care in the world. He's. I mean, he'd be quite old by now, wouldn't he? He's in the seventies oh, at least. Yeah, he would be. Uh, I yeah, think, I think so. Something. I think so. But I, I would love. The thing I is, the health cons- the health concerns were true. Like he was very mm-hmm. unhealthy. Very like see so, the videos of him at the end of his if he if he still if he did die the the videos of him singing um sweating profusely on stage is so sad but like the emotion as well of him singing that because he's struggling are such powerful performances but mm. yeah I'm, I'm a big Elvis fan um he's he kind of passed me by I, did, I like I know him and I know his work and everything but I never really. I was never. I know. I didn't get brought up on Elvis. I think that's it. Certainly, my age, like that's one of the people that you could have got brought up with. But I was brought up on Buddy Holly. Mm. I was brought up on the Eagles, nice. and Queen, and Bon Jovi, and Shania Twain. They were the artists that Shania kind of Shania Twain. Oh, massive country fan over here. So the Eagles and Shania Twain. Oh, she's give great. It to me. I saw her live once. Unbelievable. Did you? I, I've not. I've not seen a live. She's, she's also batshit crazy, but she did to put on a great performance. My dad was in a, a conference in Toronto once, and he got in a lift at the hotel, uh, and someone said, "Hold the door, please." Held the door. In gets this very glamorous woman, just um, with a with a guy stood next to her. And my dad goes, "Oh, you here for the conference?" She goes, "No, no, no, no." Oh, I swear I've seen you somewhere before. Oh, maybe. She gets out of the next floor. And it was Shania Twain because she was performing in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And my dad just said, oh, do I know you? To Shania Twain because it was Shania Twain and not some, not Angela from accounting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So your, your favorite conspiracy theory that may or may not be true is that Elvis may or may not be alive. It would just make me really happy, like to know, even the, if it wasn't even just if it wasn't Elvis, but like someone who has died, that's that famous, has has faked their own death and now just living their best life away from everything. I think that when you look at fame, uh, people that get in such, like their their lives are just over, like just taken yeah. over by fame. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I think that. This is this is why, and I and I say this as somebody who's performed both on and on judging panels on a TV show. I don't agree with people. I don't agree with children being involved in super successful TV shows like Britain's Got mm. Talent because the it's just it's not healthy. It's not healthy yeah. for adults to be on them. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll put a caveat on that. It's not healthy for adults to be on certain shows. I think my my favorite conspiracy theory that I'd love to be true that may or may not be is that Atlantis exists. I'd love there to be a secret underground mm. country or city. Like imagine Wakanda but oh well under the seven estuary or something. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love that. Scientifically probably not possible but anyway. <laughs> Okay, well, last question from me to you. Yes, go for it. If the last thing you ate is now the only thing you can eat, how would it affect your life? Oh, well, it's bacon, so I'm in heaven. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the only acceptable answer. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably end up a bit like what Elvis actually ended up like, but it's fine. Yeah, your arteries would be solid. Oh, mate, I'm past the point of no return anyway. I wouldn't worry, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah it would it would it would literally be bacon and eggs so mm. i it'll be and streaky bacon at that so it's not good even bit healthy of protein bacon. though that's great I, good bit of protein do you know what i i haven't had bacon and eggs for ages and i just thought what do you fancy bacon and eggs this morning mm, so nice. i had bacon and beautifully golden yolky dippy eggs well fried on the bottom steamed on the top so it's mm. you know oh yeah that's i love a, it I that'd love be like the keto diet wouldn't it Mate, the word diet has never crossed my mouth. Come on. I went from what... So this is another thing why it's the why I, I the shelf stacking job was my least favourite job ever. Because I went from walking 40... Like in four shifts, 
across four nights working an, um, walking an average of 42 miles. Really? To instantly not walk in 42 miles a week. <laughs> well, in four days, obviously, whatever I walked with, with yeah. my family then. Obviously. And uh, my body has telling telling me that that needed to happen continuously. <laughs> like, <laughs> I lost like a stone and a half in three months. Now I haven't. Now I now I found it. I found the stone and a half, you and another stone and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bacon and eggs. What about you? What was yours? Granola. <laughs> oh, so it would affect you by being the most boring meal ever. Oh no, but it's it was what do you call it? It's probably one that's probably more than full of sugar. You know the strawberry. Um, what do you call it? Is it Con- ready made? Yeah, country. What's its face? Country it's life. Always- country life whatever it's called like there's always an offer strawberry oh. Oh, it's so good see i uh, the question then lends itself to be what would you, if you could only if you could only have one meal continuously for the rest of your time you'd enjoy it every time it wouldn't like be you got bored of it but if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life what would it be My mom's i don't lasagna. mean i don't or what like one plate of food would be lasagna Mum, my mum's lasagna with just a little bit of garlic bread. Okay, so you, you haven't any chips with your lasagna there? No. Ah, oh, it's not a proper lasagna then, is it? No, 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 no. If it lasagna if it, and chips, you, if the lasagna is good enough, you do not need chips. See, this is coming from Dairy Free Boy over here again. But I, my mum's lasagna is great because my wife doesn't eat onions, so my mum makes it with carrots instead of onions, hmm. or rather more carrots instead of onions. So it's got nice sweetness to it. Um, but I, I do love making a good dairy-free lasagna. Yeah, uh, this well, fantastic vegan bechamel. This question is quite open then because my mum's lasagna, but then I also my lasagna. I make a lot of veggie lasagna, or yeah. yeah in the past, I've had to I've made like depending because I'm always like yeah I'll make you lasagna, so I'll be like gluten-free or yeah I've made like lactose-free um, lasagna. So that's an open book there, so you could change it up slightly. I think what I like about lasagna is it puts pasta in a more manageable form for me. I don't mm-hmm. like pasta. And that comes from doing four and a half months touring around Germany and Poland, being dairy free and the only person who couldn't eat dairy in the entire 40 strong crew. <laughs> and every single caterer would it would be tomato pasta. And I, it, my body turned against it after about a week because I'd oh. be bored of it. So I would then go and trek. Like, we get back to the hotel in, like, the arse end of nowhere in Germany. Beautiful. But I would then find the nearest McDonald's. And and legit, even if it was a three-mile walk at two o'clock in the morning, I knew it was open 24 hours, I would go and find it. And I would have nuggets. If I had to have, like, one plate of food, like, every meal, I think it would maybe be some kind of, like, ramen bowl or something. Really? Yeah, like some kind of Asian dish, maybe a fusion dish, but or maybe a big bowl of rice with lots of veg, maybe some broth or something. That's why maybe ramen, something like that. I think maybe some Asian flavors. That'd be nice. Well, not for the rest of your life, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. I think that'd be different. I think it maybe feel a bit cleaner than having lasagna for three meals a day. You'd feel so bloated by the end of it. Well, we've really we've really gone full circle with like coffee, <laughs> drinks, food, the whole lot in this. Sorry, two bottles of vodka. That's my that's my final meal. <laughs> no, a nice glass of whiskey for me. Oh, any day oh, of the week. Yeah. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, man, that was what's the chat. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much. Do you have anything to brag or promote? Oh, well, I I mean I you can uh, listen to my voice every single friday uh and adam will be a guest very very soon um i have a podcast celebrating audition disasters and fails if you like listening to stories from actors sending them in anonymously to me about when uh going in for an audition and performing turned into an absolute nightmare my show is called don't call us we'll call you every week myself and a guest from the world of entertainment industry talk through your anonymous submissions of times that you absolutely fell on your ass in a dance call one of the girls ended up in A&E. That was brilliant. We've even had somebody blame a very smelly poo on a lovely stranger they met in the waiting room. It's brilliant. It's very funny. That's oh, the worst. I, I feel so hot when I read the stories because I can feel the stories happening to me. 
when I didn't and they didn't <laughs> it didn't happen to me at all. Mm. It's good fun. And Adam will be a guest in October, I think it's coming out. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, mate. Have a good day. And you bye-bye. And there we have it, troops. Episode 10 done and dusted of What's the Chat? Thank you very much to our guest this week, Christopher Bartlett Walford, another belter. Next week, episode 11 with another funny lady, Philippa Carson, part of the unbelievable group Just These Please. We have lots of banter, lots of chat, but as always, if you would like to send in a question for Chat in the Hat, send it in. Want to be a guest? Drop me a message. Always look after yourselves, look after your friends and family, eat your five a day, but treat yourself now and again. Get your 10,000 steps. I'm chatting shit now. Okay, all the best for the bells. See you next week for What's the Chat with me? That's it, Adam Scott Pringle. Mm.